Welcome one, welcome all to Discovering Masculinity, what it means to be a man in the 21st century. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee on the 15th of January in 2021. And joining me for this episode, really excited to have this guest. We just kind of, we kind of crossed paths a little uh, on the, uh, on Instagram through uh, someone that we both mutually follow, I I think, Um, but uh, I can we can kind of talk about this here in a, in a few seconds, but my guest, second female guest to appear on the podcast, Steph Ganowski. She is a men's coach and a relationship coach. Found her on Instagram. She is also has her own podcast called What I Love About Men. Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this and for uh, for doing back to back calls with me, we had a we had a quick call before uh, before we got on here, and and uh, we've been we've been talking to each other a lot over Instagram. So, uh, but uh, thanks for for jo- for joining me today and uh, for for putting up with me. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on, John. This is awesome, and you know I'm glad you you came into my life and that we you know we met online. It's been a really good um, interaction between us. I loved our call. I love your, your enthusiasm for this show. And I'm really excited to give you as much value as I can here. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again. I think, um, there, um, Tommy Vext is, uh, the, the mm-hmm. former lead singer of bad wolves. I think he had shared one of your posts or you had tagged him in one of your stories. And, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. Cause you know, those stories disappear after 24 hours. So, but I, I, clicked on your profile. I'm like, Oh, this, she would be perfect to talk to on the podcast. And, um, you know, I went to one of your webinars and like, Oh, she's got some, some great stuff. And she's, uh, you know, you're, you're really sharp and you're, you've got a, I've, I've been telling people about you too, in my own life that like, she's, you know, in, in the short time that we've known each other, she's really kind of pushed me and she's really kind of helped me dig into why I see things the way I see, especially with, uh, with relationships and, and my own life. So, um, oh. Steph, what, uh, I'm, we'll, uh, we'll dive right into the questions here, but the, uh, first question that I ask, uh, that I ask everyone, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit here. Um, what to, to you, what does, um, masculinity look like in this day and age or what, uh, when, when you, I'm going to turn this back around on you, you, one of, one of your questions, uh, you, I'll rephrase one of your questions to me a little bit differently, but when you think of the word male or masculinity, what, uh, what comes to mind? I mean, today, um, I, I think strength, I think it's really important for men, uh, during this time in the 21st century to do, to focus more on their power and their, their strength and remembering what it means to be a man. And I think, you know, a lot of people won't agree with me here, but I do believe that men and women are different. We're different for a reason. Um, It doesn't mean we can't be equals, but we are different. And I think it's important for men, especially during this time to remember that and remember what makes me different. You know, what makes me, and you know, I'm all about leadership and men and helping men become leaders in their lives and their relationships, especially. 
And it's remembering that in order to be a leader, you know, only one person is the leader in the relationship. And I believe that person should be the man, you know, therefore there's not, uh, you know, there's so much talk about, well, women should do this too. And women can make money too. And like women should do that. But then what's the beauty in the dynamic between men and women, if we're just both doing the same shit and we're the same, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's not. So I really, I encourage men and I, I, I tell them like, find your strengths, like find what makes you the man in your relationship and in your life. How can you embrace more of those masculine qualities, that strength, that um, decision, you know, that directness. And how can you just embrace that and embody that more and understand that that's, that's your power. And that's what makes you attractive as a man. That's what makes you sexually appealing to women. Don't lose it. You know, don't just fall to the side and feel like, oh, well, you know, women are just, you know, there's all these feminists out there saying I'm not, I'm not worth it. Or, you know, they don't even want a man anymore. Don't, don't give into that because most, there are so many women out there who do want a man. They want a man. They want him to act like a man and be a man. And there are so many women like that. So just don't go down that rabbit hole feeling like you're not deserving or you're not worth it, or women aren't looking for you. They are, and they want you. So just stay a man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, that's, um, we'll, we'll table some of that for the, uh, for the last question, but, um, kind of, kind of doing a sidebar from that, that that's really, really powerful. I, I heard a phrase kind of getting back to men and women being different. I heard a phrase a while back that, um, I can't remember, I can't attribute, uh, the person who said it, but it said if two people just alike get married, one of you is unnecessary. So we, we need our differences. We need to be able to, it's our differences that allow us to communicate and allow us to to think independently and to, and to be challenged. You, uh, Jordan Peterson, Peterson said this in, in his uh, interview, um, his famous interview with channel four uh, about three or four years ago, he said, in order to think you have to risk being uncomfortable or, or offended. So you, in order to, to grow, you've got to be, be called out on the differences that you have with, with someone else. Um, and so, from your from your perspective and your experience with your uh, with your coaching practice, what what are the biggest obstacles that are facing men today as far as becoming leaders in their own lives and and leaders in their relationships? I think the biggest obstacle is fear, fear of loss of a woman, and fear of rejection. I think those are two huge ones. Like guys are so terrified of losing women today. And I, I relate this back to what I was just saying, where there's a lot of women who are now, you know, making really good money and actually saying, I don't need a man. I don't want a man. And that's like, I don't think that's the majority of women, but there is a strong message out there. And with the feminists who mm -hmm. hopefully there's no feminists listening to this because they probably won't like me, but <laughs> yeah, well, I, you I know, think I think that with that depiction and that image of like women just stepping up and like demanding certain things and actually saying, I could do this on my own. I don't need a man and all these messages of like, women are strong, women are this and that, which I think is beautiful, but also to, to raise a young girl, you know, telling her you're strong, you could do anything. You don't need any help. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because I think we all need help to a certain extent. And I don't think that it's wrong for you know, a little girl to be raised that like, you can do it yourself, but it's okay to ask a man for help if he's stronger and he could do it better. Like he can mm -hmm. do it safer. You know, like there's a lot of reasons why we should ask a man for help. And, um, but anyway, there's a lot of women being brainwashed. 
I think a lot of women who don't even want to believe this, that it's, it's good to need a man. It's good to want a man's help. And, you know, because there's this image of like, you don't need his help. You don't need this. You could do it all yourself. You can make all the money you want and like, don't need him. That men are thinking, oh shit, women don't need me. Now what? Like, what am I supposed to do? Because a lot of what men do is for the purpose of providing or protecting a woman. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a lot of men are losing their identity. They're losing their, their hope for the future or their vision for the future. And what this is making a lot of men do is either settle for relationships. They really don't want to be in. They just want a woman and they want to hold on or they're in a relationship and they're terrified of leaving because, you know, they don't know if they can find someone just like her and they don't have that confidence or they're just terrified that, that, you know, that she'll, um, like, because if they're, if they've been in a relationship and they're afraid of her walking away, they just start becoming pleasers. And what happens when men become pleasers is they become weak because she is now the main thing in his life. He, and because he's not focused on his mission and bettering himself, he's just focused on keeping her because he's desperate to hold on to her. Mm -hmm. And she feels that. And it's just not, it's not something that works in a sexual dynamic with a man pleasing and chasing. He loses his dominance. He loses his leadership. She perceives him as weaker and it just, it doesn't work. And there's so many men doing this. Like I've been on countless calls with guys who were like, I'm losing her and I'm freaking out. And I'm, I'm trying my best to do everything I can to like make her happy and make her this and make her that. And I'm like, what have you been doing for yourself? And he's like, well, I put her first. She's my everything. And you know, there's this book called The Way of the Superior Man, and it's a great book. Every man should read it by David. Mm-hmm. And what he says, there's a chapter in there that really stuck with me and is such a powerful lesson for men. And it's, she doesn't want to be your number one, you know, and right. yeah. men, women may appear that way and they may act that way. Like I should be your everything. But if they actually are, they, they back away. Like women don't want to be your everything. They don't want to be number one. Um, so I think that's really important for men to understand because if they know that, then they're like, okay, now I can focus on my mission as a man. And that's what makes a man, a man, a man who's dedicated to a mission in life. And it's not his woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? She is everything. She can make him better and she can make him a stronger man. And she will, the right woman will, but she should not make him who he is. Yeah. A couple of thoughts that, that came to mind while you were giving that answer, the one of my favorite authors, he phrases it kind of like every man has a core question in their being since the day that they were born. And, and we spend our lives trying to answer that core question. And that is, do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? And now I think I feel like now today, probably more than ever in human history, especially with, you know, this fourth wave feminist movement or fifth wave or whatever wave the feminist movement is on right now is that answer has just become emphatically, no, you don't have what it takes because we don't need you. The world doesn't need you. You are, you are toxic. You are whatever you want to put in of, of how people are, are railing against men. And so that trying to find an answer to that core question, if, if that's the answer that you're constantly getting from, from the world and from mainstream media and from, from your own feedback and your own, the own women in your life that, uh, um, that often re- results in, you know, toxic behaviors and in, in a lot of anger and or passivity because we try and that's how you become a pleaser. Like, you know, she doesn't think I have what it takes. So I'm going to try and, and please her to show her that I do. Um, 
And then another, uh, influencer that I follow on, uh, on social media, um, love to get him on the show one, one day, uh, Rich Cooper, he, he uses the phrase in his coaching practice that, uh, a woman should be a compliment to your life and not the focus of your life. And like you said, women, you, women don't want to be, and I'm telling myself this just as much as I'm telling the audience this too. So audience don't feel like I've got this, a good handle on this either. Cause I'm guilty of doing this for many, many years, but people don't necessarily want to be most of the time. People don't want to be put on a pedestal. Um, people who want to be put on a pedestal and propped up are me- probably mentally ill in some way. Um, so women don't want to be put on a pedestal. They don't want to be, you don't want to make an idol of the women in your life. And, you know, Steph, that's some of the things that you and I have been, are kind of, kind of working through too, as, as we've been talking to each other, but kind of switching gears here a little, well, let me get your reaction to, to, to those thoughts that that came to mind and just see what, uh, um, if you have anything to add on to that and then we can switch gears into the, into the next question here. Yeah. Well, you know, in regards to toxic masculinity, this just drives me crazy because it's not that like, okay, femininity is toxic too, you know? So like, why do we have to put the word toxic and associate it to men? Like it doesn't make, it doesn't make much sense to me and you're not going to get positive reactions from men by labeling them as toxic. It's going to do the opposite. Like you said, the men will start associating with, okay, I'm toxic. Yeah, I guess I am like, and then we, it's the same thing with everything. You look for evidence based on what you're labeled as. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so just that I think is, I think is so wrong. And in the beginning I was, I was one of those people who's like, we have like toxic masculinity. And then I was like, wait, what the, what the hell is it though? Okay. Like there are toxic people everywhere. It doesn't, it's not gender specific. It's just, some people have toxic qualities, mm-hmm. sure. have yeah. toxic, you know, a toxic past that leads them to have toxic behaviors. It doesn't mean that it's all men. It doesn't mean that men should have that label attached to them. So I think that's done. I, I don't, I don't think that was very necessary. Um, that whole toxic masculinity movement, um, I think is just ridiculous. But, um, so I do just want to point out that, that if you're a man, like, just know like you're not toxic. Maybe you have toxic behaviors. Like maybe you, you have something you want to work through and that's fine. Women do the same thing and have the same thing. So it's just understanding we all have, we all have our shit that we have to acknowledge, take ownership of and work through. So. Yeah. 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 And and if you feel like you, you're a toxic person, well, you know, there, there, like you said, there are things that everyone needs to work on. There are things that everyone needs to grow in some area so welcome to welcome to the human race, uh, as I like to say. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what are some characteristics of a man who who you would view as a as a strong male figure, and what what type of characteristics do you admire in strong male figures? Um, yeah. So I have I have a person in mind. And this person is very, this man is very focused on his mission. Like nothing gets in the way. And um, nothing, all right, I'll just say like, I was, this is, this is one of my exes who I dated. Um, and 
he would just like, I knew that I wouldn't be the first thing that he would focus on in the day. Like it was always, it was work. But at the same time, if I, so I was definitely not number one, his work was number one and he kicks ass at his work. Like very, very focused, very strategic, very direct, very in charge, very um, just knows what he's doing every day, every hour of the day. And that to me was very attractive because it's like, wow, I can trust this man. This man is very stable. Like he has a very stable structure to his day. Um, he's very confident in what he does. And I knew that I couldn't like just come and interfere with his day whenever I wanted because he had that structure. And therefore there's a boundary set in place. And with that boundary created more desire because it was like, okay, I know he's not available all the time, which means he's more scarce, which makes him more desirable to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it was one of those relationships where I had so much admiration for him because of what he did and how, how good it, how good he was at what he did and how dedicated he was. But then I knew that if I have ever had a problem, if I was ever in trouble, if I was ever in danger, if I ever really truly needed something, he was there like that. And he would, he would find a way to, to just get to me and help me with whatever I really truly needed. Um, so I always knew I can rely on him and count on him. And maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe he did have to reschedule dates because of work or reschedule, you know, us meeting for lunch that happened multiple times. And that would get me, you know, upset. But at the same time, it was attractive to me because I was like, all right, well, he has priorities in order and he's really sticking by them. And then I knew that, you know, when it was time for, for us to have like a certain getaway, he was there and he was present. He was super present. So like whenever I was with him, he was never on the phone. He was never, we were never watching a movie. We were never doing things where we weren't one-on-one, -on -one, totally engaged. And it just showed that like when he was with me, I was the only person in his world. And that really made me feel special. It made me feel like taken care of. Um, like I said, I always felt I could trust him. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we had very deep conversations. Whenever he did have time on a long drive, he would call me and we'd just have like very deep, amazing conversations. So it was just like, I'm trying to paint the picture here of like how the dynamic worked. And I think that's what made, to me, that's what makes a strong man is a man who's so, who's so dedicated and has so much purpose and lives with a sense of passion. And it doesn't mean he has to do, he has to live out his passion for his job to make money. Like that's, but just have something you're passionate about in life. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. think have something that like, that like fills him up and makes him really feel like, like a man doing his work in the world. I think that's the most attractive thing. And to know that, you know, I won't always get my way and he will call me out on my shit and I will, you know, want to shit test him or, you know, whine at him because I'm not getting my way, but I know he'll put me back in my place and then I'll, I'll feel, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I mean that in a way where it's like, he reminds me of what his, what his mission is. He reminds me of what our relationship is. And then I say, all right, you're right. You're right. Like we did agree to this. That was how it is. Thank you. Like, thanks for calling me out when I'm getting emotional. So it was like just a rock. He was my mm -hmm. rock. And it was just very, it was just a beautiful dynamic. And I think that all came from like true masculine, his masculine core. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. I'm definitely going to listen back to this and uh, take some notes on that also. So um, guys, if you're listening, you know, write, write that stuff down. That's uh, that we, we definitely need more, more men like that. Um, and women need more men like that for sure. So kind of ch ch uh, changing gears, but staying in that same vein, 
what are some of the behaviors that you see from men that might need some, some changing or some working on that uh, maybe some, some behaviors that we fall into when, when we are facing that fear, when we're not living up to our full, uh, full potential as men? Hmm. Well, I think it's, you know, we, we talked about this earlier. I think it's really designing the characteristics of the man you want to be if you're not yet him and really getting clear on, all right, what do I want to, who am I becoming? Don't ask yourself, who am I, but who am I becoming as a man? You know, we, we get so stuck in this static self where we're like, well, this is me and that's how life is. And it's like, wait, but life doesn't have to be that way. So why don't you get clear on what you want so that you can start thinking like that type of person and start acting that in alignment with him. And so many guys just don't do that. They, they just assume like, oh, well, this is, this is life. Work is hard. I suck with women. And they have these beliefs that they don't want to, they don't train themselves to get out of. And I'll tell you right now, it's not easy to get out of these beliefs and instill new ones. But the first step is instilling new ones. Like you have to know what you want as a man and you have to know what would make you better. What type of woman would make you better? Get clear on that mm-hmm. and, and then start taking action like little by little. And it's just like, all right, what can I do this week every day or three times during the week that I wouldn't normally do, but this version of me who I want to be would do. What's something that would pull me? And it could be start three conversations with women. You know, maybe when you're out and about walking, maybe you look at a woman, look a woman in the eye and say hello. And that's something that would terrify you normally, but you're like, this, this new version of me, he would be comfortable doing that. So I'm going to start doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's just understanding that your thoughts are what form your identity and your self-talk. And if you're thinking and, you know, thinking lowly of yourself, talking yourself down, that's how you're going to act. That's how women are going to see you. And if women see you like that, they're most likely not going to be attracted to you. And it's taking ownership over that and really understanding like, would a woman, would my, my ideal woman, the woman I want, like when I think about her, and I think about how she acts and I think about her confidence and I think about her health and like what she does for a job and her standards. And, and, you know, when I think about her, would she be attracted to the man I am right now? Yeah. And if that answer is no, then yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. you know what you've got. to. No, yeah. she wouldn't. Yeah. So it's like, all right, who do you have to become in order so that she is? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had this thought come to mind while you were, while you were talking in that, in that answer that what type of a man would you rather be? Would you rather be Al Bundy or William Wallace? I mean, the the answer, the answer to me is clear. I I would rather be a man like William Wallace, you know, portrayed in by Mel Gibson and Braveheart. I, I've, I've seen, I've, I've lived my life and seen a bunch of Al Bundy's and yeah, it's, it's, kind of funny to, to laugh at a character like that, but also at the same time, it's sad. And I think we, we've got far too many Al Bundys in the world than, than we do you know, uh, men like William Wallace. Um, so she is Steph Ganowski, men's coach and uh, the host of the What I Love About Men podcast. We're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to get uh, a little bit more into the Uh, leadership talk how men can lead their own lives and a little bit more about her coaching practice and her thoughts on masculinity right now but uh, we're going to take a quick break this is the discovering masculinity podcast we'll be right back
you are interested in contributing to the creation of this podcast, please, please check out my link tree in the show notes. It has links to my PayPal and Patreon site. It's only $5 a month to become a patron. We've got some great bonus content on there featuring guests like Dylan Valenzuela, Mike McDowell, Scott Hassey, almost a full bonus episode with him. Really great conversation he and I had. And more. You can also find my social media links on there, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. Give me a follow on Instagram, on Facebook. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Would love it if you did that. That helps, obviously, with the algorithms and with everything going forward with the show. So, once again, check out my link tree, links to PayPal, Patreon. If you want to contribute a topic to the show, email me. Email is the same, m60podcast at gmail.com. Put topic in the subject line. Also, if you are in the position to sponsor the podcast in any way, shape, or form, please email me, m60podcast at gmail.com. Put sponsorship in the subject line, and we can have a discussion about that. But with that out of the way, let's get back to our conversation with Steph Ganowski. This is Discovering Masculinity. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, reporting in Franklin, Tennessee, near the music city of Nashville. Joining me for this episode, second female guest on the podcast. Actually, Stephanie, this is uh, kind of weird. Both uh, female guests that I've had on the show uh, were both named Stephanie. So that, uh, yeah, I don't believe in coincidence. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that what that means. But uh, um <laughs> Maybe I, you know, maybe at some point I can get get, get both Stephanies back on the uh, on the podcast here. I feel like we'd have some pretty good discussion there. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get into um, a little bit more about you and your and your coaching practice here for um, uh, for these first few questions uh, on the second segment. So um, in the business world, we have a thing called an elevator pitch. Um, you know how how long it takes for an elevator to elevator ride to go. You've got that much time to pitch your yourself your business whatever uh whatever so give us uh give the audience an elevator pitch about your coaching business and your podcast yeah um i mean pretty much at this point it's it's simple it's just helping men become leaders in their romantic relationships so i i like to say i I just don't like to market it in this way but essentially what i am doing is making bringing back manly men and making <laughs> men yeah. in their relationships. So that's not how I market it, but that is my intention to just bring back the, the men. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to achieve with this, with the podcast too. Um, yeah. And with my that- podcast, it's more like self-help. I, I cover a lot of different areas. So there's a lot of, in my podcast, there's a lot of mindset. Um, I speak to single guys and guys in relationships. I coach guys who are single and in relationships. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of talk on my podcast about mindset, shit testing, health, um, relationship, communication hacks, uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of different stuff. So it's pretty much like self-help for, for men who want self-improvement. Okay. Yeah. Um, quick sidebar, tell, um, some of the audience might not know this. I, I knew, I knew what the term meant when you, uh, when you brought it up in the webinar that I attended, but, uh, um, give us the definition of a shit test. A shit test. Oh, I have a good definition, but I haven't memorized it. Um, well, do the best you can. Do the best you can. It's yeah. it's live. It's live recording, so you know people understand. 
<laughs> I don't do a whole lot of editing to the actual conversation that, that I have with my guests. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the shit test is pretty much just women trying to test the women trying to test the emotional reaction of their male partner um, in order to prove their safety. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my contention is that a, a lot, most of the time, like I, I feel like it, every woman does this at a, at a point in their relationship. Uh, and I, I think you would, would agree with that, but I, I don't think it's necessarily done consciously or done out of malice. It, it's kind of done from a perspective, like, you know, I, I need to see, because that's, that's woven into our DNA. Men are, and I've had this answer. I've done enough episodes now that, that I've kind of seen a common answer about what uh, an act, uh, you know, a good man looks like, what a strong man looks like, what a resolute man looks like. And part of that is protector and provider. So if you're being overly emotional to something simple, like you've used an example uh, in our webinar about making a wrong turn or, or drive, you know, doing bad driving and, and um, you know, the, the woman in that example, you know, barks at the man about, you know, about that and, and calls, calls into question his driving ability. And if, if you're going to have an overly emotional reaction to something that trivial, you know, what kind of a reaction or, or what kind of resoluteness or strength are you going to have when, you know, you're behind on the bills or, you know, you're, you're having trouble with your kids at school or, you know, there's something going on at, at, at her work or your work, or, you know, there's, there's some, there's a problem with intimacy, you know, what, those are so much bigger issues, but how you reveal, how you react to those smaller issues is plays, plays into that. So um, we, we don't want to look at that as with a, with a negative connotation that, um, that that's just done out of malice. I mean, some people do that out of, out of malice and just to see kind of the reaction that, um, that, that happens. But, but I think most of the time, it's, it's not done consciously. So, um, what, uh, I see you nodding your head, but is there anything you want to add to that, that quick little sidebar there? Yeah. I just, I just love this topic. Cause like guys get all curious about it and pissed at the same time, but <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. I talk to them and then they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. I think the whole, just really changing your perspective when it comes to her teasing you, this is, it comes in the form of teasing when your woman's teasing you, and if you get angry and pissed off, that shows her instinctually that you can't protect her because you're weak emotionally. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the sign that she's getting from you getting pissed off over something as stupid as her saying, oh, you made another left turn. You're a terrible driver. Like for you to get angry at that is just like, come on, dude, like you got bigger shit to worry about. Um, so when it comes to just shifting perspective, I want you guys to start seeing shit testing as like, she's trying to make me stronger. Like instead yeah. of she's trying to like bring me down and make me weaker, she's challenging me. She's trying to make me a stronger man for her and for our future. And I want that. And strong men want that. Men who are leaders want to be challenged. They look for challenge. They seek out the awkward, you know, the things they feel awkward about because they want to get better about that thing and not feel awkward about it anymore. They seek out their discomfort so that they can face it head on and be in control of it again so that mm -hmm. it doesn't control them. So for men to get all butthurt over a little comment or a woman teasing them just shows you're not, you know, accept the challenge, like be a man, step up, take the challenge and then tease her back or laugh at her back. And like in this example, I just said, like, 
you know, if a woman makes fun of your driving skills, you could just say, oh, babe, can you drive them next time? Because it would be so nice to just lay in the back, put my feet up, look at your look at your pretty face driving the car, like just make make a joke out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what most women want. Like we love when a guy responds to our shit test like that, like putting us back in our place. That's what I call putting us back in our place, like just teasing us back, like dish it back. Yeah. And not in a sense where it's like, oh, really? Well, you suck at driving too. That's not what I mean by dish it back. I just mean show her that it like hardly affects you. You're like, really? You thought that would get to me? Try again, sweetheart. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. just making it funny. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's um, let's kind of switch gears a little bit here. Um, what do you think? What, what is there a common thing that keeps men from being leaders in their own lives and relationships? I think you kind of touched on it earlier um, in the first segment you had brought up fear, but uh, is that, would you say that's probably the major thing that, uh, that men face as far as becoming leaders in, in their lives and relationships? Um, yeah, I think it's that. I think, I think a big one is not, um, not taking owner, not taking ownership over the fact that they're, they can improve in their communication skills. A lot of men like avoid mm -hmm. communicating effective communication because it doesn't come naturally to them as naturally as it comes to women. Um, so because of that guys, guys avoid it because they don't feel strong if they're tagging along with their, <clears throat> if they're showing weakness, right? Like if they're not showing good communication and they know that's not their strong point, they're going to avoid it. And what makes a leader, like I said, is like looking at your fears, looking for the challenge and then fixing it and improving it and finding someone who can help you, you know, find a coach who can, who's an expert in communication and help mm -hmm. you learn how to communicate. And then you feel that much more confident. And when you feel that much more confident and you're building these skill sets and you're taking them seriously, you, you do take on that leadership role much easier. I think another thing is like the, the structure, um, as I mentioned with the male example, the structure of a man um, is really important, especially when it comes to boundary setting. And this is another thing I talk a lot about to, to men is make sure you set boundaries and you stand by those boundaries. Because if you have things that are important in your life and you're just allowing your woman or your friends to just, you know, change, turn your whole schedule around because you don't have the balls to step up and say, no, I have to do this thing. Like I'm committed to it. And yeah. you don't stand by your own commitments to yourself then people are gonna walk all over you. And then guys wonder, why do women take advantage of me? Why do my friends walk all over me? And I'm always the guy that does everything for other people, but they never do it for me. Yeah, because you have no fucking boundaries. That's it, that's why. And that's your fault. And you have to take ownership over that and say, all right, I've allowed this to happen to me. I've allowed it. It's not their mm -hmm. fault. Yeah. They're, they're doing what I train them to, to do. I, they're doing what, what I train them to teach, like what I taught them how to treat me. That's what we do. Like boundaries are a means of teaching other people how we want to be treated. So if you're just letting people walk all over you and that's your style and that's what you do and you've always done that, then guess what? People are going to take advantage of it. They're going to walk all over you. It's going to happen again and again and again until you say, wait, no, this can't happen. You, I'll talk to you at 3 p.m. I can't talk right now. Goodbye. Hang up the phone. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's doing things like that and getting outside of comfort zone, comfort zone of putting your foot down when needed so that you can keep the structure of what's most important in your life and most important to you as the main priorities. And that's when people respect you, when you respect yourself and your time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mentioned this on our call earlier today, but time and trust are our two most valuable assets or commodities or however you want to, to view those. And 
it should be a big deal when either of those is, is violated. It, it should really be a big deal because you have worth as, as a human being and your time is valuable. Your trust is valuable. So men, women in the audience don't, don't ever for, forget that, that just because someone makes you feel like that your, your time and trust and your, you as a, your, your soul as a, and your heart as a human being isn't worth it. Don't, don't believe that because, because it is, it, it, it really is. Um, so tell tell me this. I, I, I love asking this, this question. This is one of my favorite questions. I've asked, asked this to multiple guests, but the, there's an idea of a nice guy and then there's an idea of a good man. So kind of compare and contrast the difference between someone who is a quote unquote nice guy and someone who is a good man. Yeah, I like this question. Um, the nice guy is the pleaser. The mm. nice guy is the guy who wants to feel validated, wants to feel worth it. So he wants to get love, um, is so is really craving love. So he does, he acts in ways that he thinks will give him love. Like he's like, all I want to do, like I treat people, I treat people so good. And, you know, I take care of everyone in my life, but at the same time, he doesn't ever feel really fulfilled. And he's just in this constant pleasing mode of, of being nice and not wanting to be disrespectful. Like, so he doesn't take risks. He doesn't put himself out there on dates. The nice guy is the guy who's usually friend zoned because he's too worried about making her, you know, feel comfortable where he gets to the point of like saying, I don't want to flirt too much. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be too sexual and then that will make her uncomfortable or like make her not want to talk to me. So I just better be nice and ask her about her day and about her job. That's not going to get you anywhere. You know, like that's not sexy, like risk, risk, um, flirting is like a little risky, right? It's like putting yourself out there. It's like sure. pushing yeah. the button a little bit. Like you're, you're trying to go a little deeper and you're trying to uh, you're trying to give her that reaction of like, oh, like, and that's not going to come from just being a guy who's just like, oh, he's super nice. Yeah, he's nice. So it's, it's kind of that guy who's just st stuck in this place of wanting to please people in the hopes that he gets what he desires in life, but he's not focusing enough on himself and what he actually desires. He's just focusing on pleasing people around him, thinking that if he does that, he'll get everything he wants, but that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, the good man... I would say um, is, I mean, I've never like, I never heard of nice guy and good man, but in this case, what I would say is the good man can, we can use the example I gave of my ex of mm -hmm. that masculine figure. Yeah. He was not a nice guy. Like he was not a pleaser. Didn't worry about pleasing me. He knew he pleased me. Like that was known. Um, he wasn't worried about it. He wasn't seeking it out. Like he wasn't, that wasn't the main intention is to like, is to like be nice to her. It was just, you know, she's my woman, I'm her man. That's how it is. And he acted in accordance to that. He was a very good man, always took care of his loved ones, took very good care of me, um, treated me very respectfully, always supported me and lifted me up. Um, he was a good person, like took care of people on the street, would take care of, you know, and this is, this is financially, this is through his words, this is through his advice, this is through his mentorship very smart man um, and just all around a very good person. And that what made him, you know, not a nice guy, but a good man is this sense of confidence where he didn't need anything else. 
and he didn't show that he needed anything else but himself. And I think nice guys don't realize it starts with you. It starts with you needing you and needing to understand who is the best version of me I can be. How can mm-hmm. I be? Him? That's all I need. And then great things gravitate towards you or magnet. You're like a magnet for great things once you really trust yourself. And once you really feel like I have everything, I have it all, you know, now it's just, you know, focus on me and my mission and know that great things are going to attract me because I'm, I'm in this headspace of knowing who I am and what I want in life. And yeah, I think that's the difference. Amen. As we like to say in the South, that'll preach. (laughs) Love it. So Steph Ganowski joining us here on the Discovering Masculinity podcast. Last question that I like to wrap things up with. Uh, I, I ask each guest this question um, and you've, you've been in this position um, multiple times with your, with your coaching practice. So um, you have the opportunity to speak into the life of a, a young man who's kind of cynical and down on life and, and down on the world. And they've kind of been hearing that, that message over and over that they don't have what it takes, that the world doesn't need them, that, that they're just, they're toxic, they're worthless. What, what type of advice and encouragement would you give to a young man in that situation? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've said this a few times throughout the episode is getting clear on who you want to be and what you want. You know, I think, uh, and we talked about this, you know, on the calls, like it's, it's a matter of feedback loops. What are you looking, what are your beliefs and what are you looking for evidence of? Like, you know, if you feel like, oh, I'm so down about life and life is hard for me and you really believe life is hard for you, then guess what? You're going to go out into life, go through your day to day and you're going to look for subconsciously, maybe even consciously, um, reasons for why life is hard for you. And then every time you see a reason, you're going to say, see, life is hard because this just happened. See, I'm right. I proved myself right. Because we're just constantly proving our beliefs right. And it's a matter of understanding, all right, if I don't want to act this way, if I don't want to feel this way, if I want, like, how do I want life to be? All right, life is hard. And that's a belief. But how do I want it to be for me? I want life to be easy. I really do. And then you start telling yourself, all right, life is easy for me. Today, I'm going to look for reasons why life is easy for me. And you go out into the same lifestyle. And I guarantee if you have the same structure in your day as the day before, and you tell yourself today, I'm going to actually look for reasons life is easy for me. You're going to find reasons why life is easy for you. You're going to, you're going to find it and you're going to force yourself to find it. If that's the main thing on your mind. So I really encourage guys to go out of their way to look, because at first it's going to be a conscious process. It's not just, you're not going to go out and have this ingrained belief that life is hard and then go out and all of a sudden like see where, how life is easy. It's going to be tough and you have to look for it and actually prove yourself right. But I guarantee you, you can, you can do it and you will find multiple reasons that feed into the belief you actually want. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Steph. She is Steph Ganowski, men's coach, host of the What I Love About Men podcast. Steph, where's the uh, the best place for people to find you out there? Yeah, well, the best place is Instagram. So that's at Steph Ganowski, Steph with PH. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, which is under Steph G, um, as well as, you know, my podcast, What I Love About Men. I'm on there once a week doing new episodes once a week. And yeah, I think that's, 
that's about it. But I'm pretty active on Instagram. So if you have any questions or want to shoot me a DM, I'd be happy to respond to you and chat. Yeah. She is very great about responding to DMs. I can, I can tell you that too. So, well, thanks so much, Steph. I, I really enjoyed this talk. I really enjoyed our time uh, today and I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I know you gave me some homework assignments uh, from, from our coaching session. So, and guys, you know, I, I'm sure you'll hear this multiple times over the next 30 days, but uh, Valentine's day is coming up. So, you know, if you want some help in that, in that area, maybe landing yourself a date for Valentine's day or, or strengthening your own relationship and, and making that this Valentine's day, a really, a really great one, reach out to Steph, reach out to her. Um, she does webinars, she does personal coaching. Um, and yeah, she's just, She's just an all around, all around great person. I've, and I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know her here in the last, uh, last few days and the last few weeks. So Steph, thanks again so much for being on the podcast. And I will, uh, like, like I said, I'll have the homework ready for you. And, uh, I am John Waltz. This is the discovering masculinity podcast, and I will talk to you next time. A huge, huge thank you to Steph Ganowski for coming on the discovering masculinity podcast. Once again, you can find links to her Instagram, her podcast, her YouTube channel in the show notes below. Guys, if you're struggling in any of these areas, uh, give give Steph a message. Um, she She's done a great job. And Steph, thanks so much for, for the ways that you have pushed me and guided me here in the few days that we've known each other and have been communicating over Instagram. I, I'm truly grateful and truly appreciative of uh, everything that you've done for me and everything that you're doing for, for men out there. So once again, I am John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast, and I will talk to you next time.